So I thought, why not continue this theme of some trivia stuff? So you need to tell me um, if this, this item is uh, true or if this item is false. So number one is white chocolate is not actually chocolate. True or false? Who thinks it's true? And who thinks it's false? Okay. It's actually false. White chocolate is not technically chocolate. It is like chocolate, but it is not chocolate because it has no cocoa in it. One of the great uh, physics myths or truths. <laughs> A penny dropped from the Empire State Building, if lands on your head, will kill you. It's not true. It's false. Why is it false? Truman. Uh, terminal velocity, it will reach its terminal velocity at a certain speed, and depending on the wind, it might actually only travel at 30 miles an hour, at which case it would not hurt that much. Uh, true or false, bulls get angry when they see the color red. Bulls, like... It's actually false. Bulls are basically uh, colorblind. They get agitated and charge you because they don't like you. Lightning never strikes in the same place twice. True or false? It is actually false because uh, you cannot determine where lightning will strike. It strikes where lightning wants to strike. And so there's all of these wonderful myths that are perpetuated that we believe to be true. Somebody's out there silencing their phone before they come in. Because we hear them over and over and over, and then we think, oh, that has to be true. So it's interesting to think about the things that you're like, oh, that has to be true, because I've heard it so many times, when it's actually false. Do you realize that it is harder exponentially harder to unlearn a false item than it is to learn something that is new and true. We are in Titus uh, chapter 1, verse 10, page 998. If you remember uh, from a few weeks ago, we were talking about this letter that Paul wrote to Titus and talking about the establishment of the church on the island of Crete. And we're actually going to start in verse 9 because you remember, we, we kind of pulled back um, from verse 9 because it really flows into this next group of uh, verses. So we're talking about uh, elders and uh, leaders in the church that, that Titus is helping set up. And he says this, he or she must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he or she may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there, there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers, and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. <laughs> Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. 
To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. So we're talking about these people that are false teachers, or they are teaching something that is counterfeit. You ever thought, man, it would be so nice if I could just print my own money? Like literally print my own money? Uh, just last week, this guy was coming into LAX, the airport in LA, and he was summoned over by customs, and they said, sir, what happens to be in your uh, container? And it was just $110,000 of fake money. <laughs> And it was like really good fake money. Who are you looking for? Betsy is in the gym. And it's because all these people are trying to develop this best counterfeit money. And what is the best way to understand if something is counterfeit is you have to know what the real thing is. Have you ever bought something that was fake and you didn't know it was fake until somebody was like, that's actually fake. I'll never forget the first time I went to Washington, D.C. I was a freshman in high school, and there were these pair of Oakleys on the street for $20. And I thought, what a steal! They either were stolen, or more than likely, they were jokelies. They were not real. When you put the two next to each other, you can say, oh, that's clearly fake, and that is clearly the real thing. What Paul is trying to do is tell Titus that what you have to understand is the people who are going to be teaching in the church, they need to know what the truth is. They need to know what sound doctrine is. Otherwise, they won't be able to determine what is actually false doctrine. And so this becomes a very big thing. Notice it's interesting in, in verse 10, he brings up this word that we talked about with kids or the children of these people, insubordinate. And then again, this idea of empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. Well, part of what was going on at the time is as they were starting up this new church, they started to make um, new requirements for entering into this group. It would be a little bit like this. So, um, all of a sudden, you guys are about to get your driver's license, and I heard about this the other day. They're actually going to make you drive 150 hours with your parents and not just 50. So they're going to move the requirement. And you also have to pass a third test that shows your ability to drive defensively in certain situations. And you have to pay an extra $1,000 to get your license now. <laughs> and you're like, that can't be right! No! How could this be? They're changing all the rules on me! That's not true. But imagine if that were true. You get so close and it's like, oh, I'm so there. Okay, but you got to jump over this hurdle and this hurdle and this hurdle and this hurdle. 
That's part of what the circumcision party was doing. Because if you were a Jew, you were already circumcised. So if you went from being a Jew to being a Christian within that context, you didn't need to be circumcised again. But the circumcision party is saying, okay, if you want to be a true part of this church, you have to go through this extra step and this extra step and this extra step, making it to be more than it could be. It's all of these additional add-ons to what it means to be a part of this church or to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's interesting how that can happen, how we can believe certain things. If you're a true follower of Jesus Christ, then you have to do this. You have to come to youth group three times a month. That's not true. If you want to be a true follower of Jesus Christ, it's not about how many times you come to youth group. It's about your relationship with Jesus. But Titus was dealing with these people that were making these um, obscure rules. And, and, and they must be silenced, he says in verse 11. Why? Because they are upsetting whole families. I mean, how upset were you guys, ladies? You were like jumping out of your seats. Are you kidding me? Trust me, there'd be many parents that would say, are you kidding me? We have to do additional that many additional hours unnecessarily. So then he talks about this specific person who's making these claims. Uh, and, and Paul says this in verse 13. He says, therefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. You guys ever have somebody, like say you, you uh, say something that's wrong or inappropriate and somebody says, you know, that's not actually right. That's not actually true. That's not actually, actually accurate. How do we typically respond? Thank you for pointing out my error. I really appreciate it. Now, a few years ago, you guys know Brett. He's a ninth grade leader. He sent me a text about something. He's like, Eric, I really think you're wrong in this. And I thought, oh, thank you so much, Brett, for correcting my error. No, we don't like it. And so it becomes this really interesting thing about where Titus has to rebuke these people, but how do we, how do we rebuke someone, correct somebody that we love so as to uh, not get into a fight or create this big, great offense? It becomes challenging. But Paul says it is a big deal. They're devoting themselves to these Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. The commands of people. They're devoting themselves to the commands of people. Do you ever find yourself, if you have a sibling, your parents give you an instruction, hey, children, why don't you guys go do this thing? And then as you're doing said thing that your parents have given you instruction on, your, your brother or sister, your sibling says, that's not right. We should do it this way. And you're like, but mom or dad or whoever said we should do it this way. And said sibling, typically older sibling, wants to tell you what to do. I mean, you know what I mean? Very true. Why would you listen to said sibling when you already know what the parent has instructed you to do? But instead, it's easy to get into a fight, and then the parents come around and they say, why are you fighting? Just do what I ask you to do. 
That's kind of what Paul's talking about here, is these people have committed themselves to the teachings of human beings and not to the word of God. He says, to the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. This is kind of a tricky thing, because we say, to the pure, all things are pure, and to the defiled, all things are defiled. I was thinking about it a little bit like this. So it's maple syrup season, and so then when you're once you get the maple syrup boiled down, or the sap boiled down, then you got to transfer it, you got to filter it through these filters, and if you've ever dealt with syrup, you know that it's very sticky. And for instance, I had uh, the kettle of about f- seven gallons in the, f- in the garage, and I was folding some clothes, waiting for it to boil, and I went back out, and it was erupting all over the garage floor, which Wyatt had just cleaned, so now he's like, great, you screwed up my whole garage floor. Sticky everywhere. And so everything I touched then became sticky. It became defiled because my hands were defiled. Paul is saying if we are made pure in Christ, everything that we engage with is about purity. And if we are not in Christ, we are defiled, and so everything that we engage with are in fact defiled because back then it was this huge deal right like you had to have specific things that you did to remain clean or unclean and and again it was all those myths it was like if you were a true follower of jesus you would wash this way and you would use hand sanitizer and you'd wash your thumbs for 20 seconds and and there was this big ritualistic cleansing And Paul is saying, if you are in Christ, you are pure, and if you're not in Christ, you are defiled. And how do we know this? He says, they profess to know God, these defiled folks, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. Do you ever say that you believe something, but everything you do is contradictory to that belief that you claim to believe? For example, I think that eating McDonald's is disgusting. And then you come and you show up and you get in my vehicle and you're like, what is that smell? No, there's nothing dead in here, unless there's a mouse, which there could be. And you look in the back, and the back of my vehicle is full of McDonald's. You're like, Eric, you said that McDonald's was disgusting and detestable. Well, I know that's what I said. (laughs) But actually, I mean, come on, it's delicious. You're like, well, what do you believe? Do you believe that it's detestable? Do you believe that it's disgusting? Or do you actually love it? Because you can say one thing, but the way you live and how you act clearly communicates what it is that you believe. And that is what Paul is saying. These people that, that, he's, that Titus is engaging with, they're saying, yeah, yeah, I know God. I, I believe in God. I am a follower of Jesus. They say all the right things, 
but their actions, their lives, their, their day-to-day is contradictory. And that is a problem. Because we can say one thing, but if we do something else, there seems to be a problem with, well, our integrity. So do you believe this thing? Do you believe who Jesus is and do you believe the importance of a relationship with him? And so everything you do flows out of that? Or do you actually not believe and it's clear by how you live your life? The challenge, right, is we can easily slide into, well, I just have to do the right thing. And that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is not saying that, that it, you, you become a follower of Jesus by how you live. He's saying, if you believe this, if you believe who Jesus is, then how you live will be different. And look at this, look at this list that he gives. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put together a list of character traits and tell me if these are some character traits you'd like to have. Um, this person is detestable. <laughs> He's disobedient and clearly unfit for anything that's good. Who wants to sign up for that group? Probably not. Paul is saying your words and your actions should be aligned with one another. And so that is, as he's been talking about, this contrast of good, the, the leaders that they are to be selecting and the people that are living at the time, there is a clear disconnect around who they are. So uh, for some reason, the clock's not there, my slide's not there, and so I'm just going off of the approximate time that we have. I do have a computer that's on my wrist that tells me that it's, it's probably time to be done. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for today. We thank you for this word that you have given uh, through Paul to Titus, and we thank you for, for knowing the truth and we know that we are bombarded with many things that, that we may believe are true, but in fact are false. And you desire for us to know the truth and to be able to pick out the truth and then to allow that truth to sink in. Not to just this word, head knowledge, but to a heart knowledge that, that changes how we live. And so we pray tonight that you would be with our discussion groups as we wrestle with some great questions around how do we live our lives for you and how do we how do we help one another when we are found in error just be with these students tonight during their discussion groups keep them safe in the gym and allow them to have uh, just a wonderful time fellowshipping together tonight in jesus name amen